Okay, here we go. Episode two, uh, MZ Sports. I'm MZ. So, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to go through a lot of growing pains with this podcast. Just uh, going to try to find, find where I fit in here. Um, so we're going to do that together. I don't expect it to be perfect right off the bat, but I pretty much just get on the mic and rip it. So uh, hopefully each time gets better and hopefully I end perfect instead of begin perfect. So uh, my outfit for today's podcast is a Bears Michelin Ness satin jacket that I recently purchased that I hope to be buried in at some day. Um, and I'm wearing bodysuits and legging or bodysuit and tights. So my bottom half is like an 80s workout video. And then my top half is a bear satin jacket. I bought this jacket because when your team, you know, is five and one, you buy satin Michelin Ness, which I think is the best sports apparel uh, distributor, Michelin Ness. Everything's always nice. It holds up very well. Um, but we'll get into the Bears later. I want to start with the World Series this time. Uh, I thought maybe we would be seeing a Game 7 tonight after I recorded this, but, you know, the Dodgers took it in six. And um, lots of thoughts about those games. There were There were many games. Since my last recording, they kind of jammed them all in. So uh, I'll just go through them. Just go through them game by game. I, last podcast, I didn't really mention Mookie Betts, and I'm not sure why. I very much enjoy Mookie. I liked him when he was on the Red Sox, and I thought he was a really good player. I really liked that he went to the Dodgers. I thought that uh, I thought that he'd be a good fit there, and it turns out he is. I mean, he's a really good right fielder. Um I'm not entirely sure if he has any gold gloves or what the deal is, but, you know, I just wanted to pop in with the Hayward five-time gold glove winner nominated again for number six. So, you know, just want to get that in there. All right, so game two was the first game that happened. And, um, you know, I went through and I praised Joe Kelly, and then he kind of shat the bed there. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he did not throw well. And um, just really, I think I put the hex on him there, didn't I? Then there was that guy, and so they have fans in the stands, you know, because it's fucking Texas, and they don't give a shit, and they go, the announcers, you know, Joe Buck's awful, but, you know, and and Smoltz is pretty good, but they they go on and on about how the fans have to wear the mask, and how it's mandatory, and this and that, and then they cut to the fans, and none of them are ever wearing the mask. It's like, I don't think that you're getting into... The, like, one minute that they have it down, like, these masks are just chin straps, essentially, for these people. So, in game two, the guy caught the the home run ball, you know. And he's not, his mask is down. His wife's mask is down. The people they're next to, their masks are down. They have no drinks or food in sight. Like, they're just sitting there with their masks off, which essentially is how every fan in there is doing it. I mean, I guess I saw a couple of Dodgers fans had him up, you know. Uh, a little bit better, but these people are just like, they just don't care. So this guy, which is a travesty, but I I also felt like the biggest travesty of this guy, of showing this guy was his haircut. I honestly, I don't even know where you get a haircut like that. It was like working on being a mullet, but like you could tell that he definitely like keeps it up. So I wasn't quite sure what the deal was there. I think his wife cuts it in the garage. I'm not sure. He had a puka shell necklace on. So, you know, 
I don't know, but this guy had some serious issues. Then he throws his mitt on the, on the field. Like, he gets so excited that he caught the ball. And he just throws his fucking mitt on the, on the field, which was an interesting move as a fan. And then, you know, they toss it back up, which, again, it's like, I thought you weren't, I thought you were trying to keep it COVID safe. I thought the whole point was you're not supposed to really interact with the fans and you're touching this guy's mitt. He's got his face mask off. Like, even when he's talking to the player down there, his mask is off. Like, he never really puts it up. And uh, I think it's really interesting how you can sit there as a commentator and, you know, say that the fans are following the rules and yet every fan you cut to has their mask off. So I don't know how that's going to work, but it's over now, so it doesn't matter. Um, game three, Blake Snell, he was the uh, pitcher. He, I felt like he's a new contender in the half dead looking dude region for me. I was like, Oh, this guy, he's got it going on on the half dead look. And I was into it, you know, I'm into it. Cause as I previously mentioned, I guess I'm into that. I don't know. Um, I do feel like <laughs> it needs to be evaluated that Joe Buck was blatantly rooting for the Dodgers. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how that works when you're a commentator if you uh, have to, if w- how you play it is whoever's doing well, that's who you're kind of talking about. You know, when momentum shifts, then you shift teams or how that kind of works. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what they tell the broadcasters to do, but uh, he wasn't doing it either way. I mean, he was he was visibly... It was, like, very, very blatant, his his rooting of the Dodgers. And, you know, it might be all that time he spent. If he spends time in L.A., maybe he does. I don't know. But I thought he was a Cardinals fan. So I don't, I'm don't. i not really sure why that was. But uh, it was very apparent. Um, all right. So then we move on to game four, which was just, oh, Lord, you know, yeah. You gotta, if you're a Dodgers fan on that game, did, did you throw your TV onto the street? Cause shit, I would have, it was, it was kind of troubling at the end there, you know, um, Taylor just fucks it from the, from the, you know, the get go of that play and, and you know, the, you lost like you tie it up, the Rays tie it up, giving them a little bit of hope, I guess. And, uh, the, the funny thing about that to me, I mean, yeah, it was sloppy from, it was just pure slop, just a full slop trough. But what I thought was interesting was the fact that, you know, after plays like that, the broadcasters usually will say things like, oh, let's look it over. Oh, can you believe it? You know, they kind of, they have this excitement for the love of the game. You know, you can tell that they love the game and they want to get into it more. This is what I'm talking about with Joe Buck. Like, he's he was such a pro Dodgers fan during these games that it was just silent. It was fucking silent after this play, after the Rays won that game. And, you know, they're, they're going around the field. They're talking about how good it was and all this stuff and everything and everybody, you know, they got, they, you know, they're doing their thing. And it's, it's literally they, him and Smoltz did not say a single thing after that happened. They didn't even cut to the replay until you know like probably about a minute and a half after the celebrations like I that is almost unheard of in terms of 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 broadcasters I mean I've watched a lot of sports and I don't think I've ever really seen just like dead silence after like that was just bizarre to me it was like dead air 
And they were just like, they didn't even, you know, they weren't even talk, talking about like how crazy it is and this and that. It was almost like they were, they were like so stunned because they really wanted, they thought the Dodgers had it on a lock, which I don't think is a good, that's not good broadcasting policy. I mean, I can go in on Joe Buck for all of his, the things he says about Chicago and the things he says about the Bears and the Cubs and whatever, but like, that's not how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, you're not supposed to have a team. You're supposed to be very even keeled. That's, that's good for the listener and good for the fan, but <laughs> that was just bizarre to me. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Why aren't they saying anything? And it was long enough for me to take note of it as an avid sports watcher. I was like, okay, like going to the fucking replay. I don't understand, but, you know, and then, then you got Big Willie style. Will Smith was the catcher at the time, and, and he kind of lost track of what was going on, and they, they scored that winning run, and they even it up, and, you know, good for them. It, it really didn't really didn't mean anything in the end there, but uh, game five, I think that really the only thing memorable was Muncie just ripped that shit out of the park and fucking stood there and looked at it, which is a move I'm always a fan of. I think that the... Um, the stand and stare uh, after you just rip that shit out of the park is just a nice flex on the other team, and, and I enjoyed it. It's, the bat flip, I can, you know, whatever. The bat flip, I'm not super into, I guess. It's getting a little flagrant these days, but the stand, the stand and stare, I can fuck with that. I can fuck with that. And then, you know, we got to game six last night, and uh, it was something. It was something. You know, you come out and, and the Rays score right off the bat and and you feel like there's it's going to get tied up. There's going to be a game seven. And and then they pull Snell in the sixth. And, and you know what? I'm not a fan of that. I think that when you're going into a game where it's your, your ass is on the line, like it's COVID season. You played 60 games, like which is, you know, way less than what you normally play. It's there's a lot of things going on. Everything is fluid. It's a constant up in the air. And somehow you've made it to this point where you're in fucking game six, the World Series, which is what you play for. This is the whole reason you're in this game. And this guy's feeling it and Snell's out there and he's fucking looking half dead and he's into it and he's ripping it and he's good. He's there mentally. And then you pull him. I will never, ever, ever understand that. I think that you know, a lot, they, they think a lot of, you know, they got the metrics and, and the stats and all this and all that and the computers and shit, and they're telling you what to do, but there's something about that instinct, that baseball instinct, where you're like, you know what, fuck it, let him in there, who cares, it's game six, he's not going to have a chance to pitch again, so why not just absolutely exhaust him, like, he's not going to be, if, if, if he feels like he's losing it, he'll tell you, I mean, I just feel like there's so much of that that's just based on on the computers and on all of that and and I just I don't like it. I feel like people really, you know, you you got that baseball instinct. You've playing baseball your whole life to make it to the major leagues. I mean, you you got you you know something in your heart and in your gut about it and I don't I've never been a fan of that. I've always been a fan of, you know, letting the players play and make their own decisions and that seemed fucked up. And it seemed like Snell felt that way when he went into the, the post-game interview about it. He was like, what the fuck? Like, he kind of had that mentality, like, I don't even know what happened. Like, why did I get pulled? And, uh, you know, I, I think that's 
that's something to look look into if you're like a skipper you know you want to make sure that your players feel like they they have a voice and they came somewhere to play where they can do what they do and I did not like that um so so you know then then the Dodgers win right and you would think that you know LA you know they got they got it pretty good this year didn't they they got they got a lot of championships but it, something that's overshadowing it is the Justin Turner thing. Like, I don't under – my first question about it, okay, so he gets tested um, the day before and they don't get the results until something like 2 p.m. And, and they I don't even know if they said what the result was for that. So then he plays game six. They get the positive result in the eighth inning. They fucking pull him. They pull him in the eighth inning of the game six of the World Series, which is also – absolutely ridiculous but then he comes back out after they win from the clubhouse without a mask on to celebrate with his teammates and you know he has a mask on for part of the time but most of the time he doesn't he this motherfucker is positive he has it as he's out there like he played the whole game with it right I don't understand what the league is going to do about that you know what do you what do you do about that okay so the season's essentially my my first thing, all right, I'm getting all jumbled up because it just fucking frustrates me so much that, one, how do you get it? How did he get it? They're in a bubble. They've been there for three and a half weeks. They were there before the Rays were, as Joe Buck has, has mentioned over and over and over again about how the Dodgers set up camp and Kershaw's from this area, and they've been there for three and a half weeks, and they should feel like it's home to them and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so then how did he get it? He must have broke protocol at some point because I don't see how you're the only player, the only player in 20 days, I think they said, that gets it and you're supposed to be in the bubble. I don't understand. I mean, the NHL and the NBA did it. Not a single player tested positive in the bubble. Even the guy who went out in the NBA to the strip club to get the fucking wings, which was a seriously awesome thing to do. Bad for their reputation of the bubble, but totally awesome to say that you went to the strip club for wings. I love it. Something that, uh, you know, only an NBA player could get away with. But how did you get it? Okay, so you're, you're in the bubble. You bust a broke protocol, so that needs to be addressed at some point. But also, how do you even address those things? It's like your season's over. The bubble's over. It's disbanded. It popped. It's over. It's done. How do you even enforce that to the team? Like, what do you do? Do you find Turner? I mean, you know, you contact Trace him back, but then he's on the field anyway. So now these people go back home to their families and they've been exposed because one player selfishly, you know, I know that you work your, like I said, you work your whole career to get to this moment and this is what it is. And then, you know, the narrative right now should be the Dodgers haven't won since 88. Kershaw got, you know, redemption for not being, for everybody giving him such a hard time about not being a playoff pitcher. And you get to this point, and the narrative should be about both of those things and about how they, and Corey Seager, the MVP of the World Series, really fucking, he did it right, Mookie Betts comes over there. These should be the things people are talking about. But because you're such a selfish prick that you fucking did something to get it in the bubble, that that's what everybody's talking about, I would be pissed. If If I was on their team, I would be pissed at him. I would be like, what the fuck, we are supposed to be praise right now because we made it through the season we finally got that that world series championship you know we are the one with the commissioner's trophy and 
you fucked it up. So it was everybody's talking about. So I don't know how they're going to handle that, but it should be interesting. And, and as of now, as I'm recording this, I haven't heard that they know how he got it or whatever. And that'll most definitely come out, you know, in the future because they're going to want to really fine tooth comb that, especially since the NFL is having issues and they're going to have to see how they're all going to going to go from there. And, you know, now we're left with one sport. And that sport is football. So let's get to it. Do we talk about the Bears first? You know, I don't know. I think we're going to I'm going to wait till the end on that because there's just so many fucked up things to talk about. So let's start with the Thursday night game. You got the Eagles playing the Giants in a fucking terrible division, terrible teams playing each other. And the one thing I want to say first about that game is that Joe Buck said something complimentary about the Bears. I'm sure he regrets it now, but um, he said I, I, he said that they were doing well. And for Joe Buck to say that, that's pretty much a compliment, I'm going to say, because he doesn't say anything like that. He always talks shit about Chicago and their sporting teams and everything about us. So, you know, way to go. Way to go on saying something actually complimentary about the Bears, um, but that was short-lived because then he went on to just really suck the Dodgers' dick the next day. Um, and, he, and, and one thing, you know, thank God we're back to just Joe Buck once a week. All of that Joe Buck last week was just, it was too much for me. It's too much. I can't turn on the TV and just hear his fucking voice all the time. He drives me nuts. So I'm glad that that's over and I can go back to having really fun dreams about unicorns and sunshine uh second thing about that game was daniel jones tripped over his own fucking foot okay open field he trips over his own foot his teammates are just straight destroying him with laughter and then they say that he was running as fast as the cheetah i don't know man i watched that game (laughs) i thought it was in slow motion he looked like he was running in place for a minute I, i just don't see how that how you're you're getting those numbers out of him but you know sure whatever he's almost as fast as a cheetah okay whatever you got to say about that um I do think that it was very hilarious that the Giants then could barely like they barely got a touchdown out of that like they they waited till the third down after that so you know they really couldn't pound it in against the dog shit eagles um they did end up losing yeah, I feel like it's a Sophie's choice there on, uh, for me because I really just fucking hate Philly and I, I'm not a big fan of the Giants either. So it, it was kind of funny to see him trip and all of his teammates laugh at him. So uh, hope he hope he gets to go home with that little warm feeling inside that he couldn't even couldn't even run it in, huh? So the, the Saints win over the Packers. You know they're gonna or the Panthers. Sorry, uh, Packers run by Saints win over the Panthers and you know it should be fun for them to come here this Sunday because they said that Breeze hasn't played outdoors all season and it should be you know about 40 degrees and windy so welcome to Chicago bud get get you down get your down jacket going because you're going to be cold as shit um then you know we talk about Ronnie Rivera what a dude. I mean, how do you not like this dude? How do you not like this dude? He gets his last cancer treatment and he gets a win over the Cowboys. I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really think that he's just, he's just a good dude and, and much love to him. The hit on Andy Dalton was pretty much bullshit. And uh, I can't believe they're not going to find him for that. I don't, I don't like that. 
Oh, wait, sorry. The Packers didn't have a bye. I said that. My bad. They had a bye the week before. My bad, my bad. Um, but back to Dalton. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that he that he, is, he had a pretty much, he had the Crosby scrambler, as I call it, uh, fully concussed. Just the, the Sidney Crosby scrambler when he got hit twice in, in, uh, in a season. And I don't know how his brain recovered from that, but, you know. Kudos to him for that, but I, that's what I call it when you when you come up and your eyes are crossed or you're not moving. Uh, I call that the old Crosby scrambler, and I think that he had it. And I also don't like that, you know, this guy gets hit. It's an illegal hit, and then that's all they show. It's like him on the ground. It, that is just so fucked. It's like when you watch the morning news and they just have, like, you know, you're watching with your kid eating breakfast and there's just, like, a dead body on the ground. It's like, come on, guys. Can you, like, you got to show it over and over and over again. Like, let's clean it up a little bit here. You know, we get it. The hit's bad. You show it once. Maybe you show the replay and you fucking cut it. All right. You cut it out and you wait until the re- the the wrap-up shows or whatever. They play it. You know, everybody gets one time. Like, that's that's just jarring when you see those hits that they do. But, you know, whatever. And he's not even going to get fined. So fucked up. But, uh you know, I do like the fact that their uh, their back their third string then uh, that would be Bostic not getting uh, fined for that, but their third string quarterback then for the Cowboys is uh, Danucci, which is a fucking awesome name. So more power to him. And, and you know, another good thing about Ronnie is that he apologized for that hit. Ronnie apologizes to McCarthy for the hit because he's a fucking good dude, and I love it. Um, the Bills barely squeeze out a win over the Jets. So I don't know what the fuck happened there. Maybe it's because their their whole O-line pretty much had COVID. And I don't know what they're doing about that or what the deal is. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to see going forward. Packers, Packers won over the Texans. And Rodgers just fucking threw all over them. Just absolute Rodgers decimation. And what do you expect? What do you expect? They come off a bye. Rodgers is all boned up. Just fucking Aaron Jones, dude. I mean, good Lord. Good Lord. He just, just, or sorry, it wasn't Aaron Jones. It was uh, Devontae Adams. My bad. Devontae Adams, just absolute ridiculous. We had like three TDs, something ridiculous. I don't know why I went Aaron Jones. I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, Anyway, you know, Steelers, Titans. Fucking Steelers are still undefeated. I still don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. But whatever. Titans shat the bed. Gaskowski missed that field goal. I just uh, I don't know how you do that, bud. But at least you know. I feel like when he was on uh, when he was on the Patriots, he probably would have gotten gotten the chair over his head from Old Belly about it. But I don't think Vrabel works that way. So he's just gonna get a big chewing out or whatever. You got the Lions over the Falcons. You know, you got Todd Gurley on the goal line getting that, running in for the accidental touchdown. That pretty much sums up your 2020 season. I don't know what does. Uh, Browns over Bengals. Oh, man, what a game. What a shootout with my sexy little half-dead Joe Burrows. I mean, come on. He should have won that game. That was bullshit. But uh, they had the back and forth. Odell's out. He's done for the season. Uh so maybe they can get their shit together without him chirping at them every fucking game. Uh, Niners over Pats. You know, I got to tell you, I got Kittle on my team. 
And I know, I knew, I knew Gidden Kittle that he, they use him as a blocker. All right. You're not going to get a lot of points out of him, but it's like every other game, like clockwork, he, he gets almost all of the catches. It's insane. It's like he puts up huge numbers and then he does nothing. And then he's huge numbers and then he's nothing. It's really frustrating, but I mean, you still gotta, you still gotta take him. This is probably the only time in, in football where in the last couple of years, in the last like, I don't know, eight, nine years where we're not super thin in the tight end area in terms of fantasy. You know, you got some you got some guys that are actually going to put up some numbers, and I like that. And you, you can't turn down Kittle just because, well, one, he has a really bad haircut. I, his fucking haircut, I can't get over it. Every time he takes his helmet off, I'm like, I think, I think it's helmet on for you, though. Um... Bucks over Raiders. I'm fucking Gruden, dude. Oh, my God. I don't know what his deal is. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm thinking that he's got COVID handled. Like, his guys are just, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. They're just going to find the shit out of him, I guess. I don't know. Um, you got Chiefs over Broncos. It, Chiefs were an interesting mix because I felt like it was odd. It, it, that was the snow game, which I love the snow game. Love, love, love snow games. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm a Bears fan, but I just fucking love them. Even if it's only snow in the first two quarters, I absolutely love them. And I felt like it was really interesting that Reed went with the no shield. He went with the mask this time. And to be fair, he wore his mask kind of like an asshole. Like he didn't really do, he didn't, he didn't really wear it very tight. You know, you could tell it was kind of flapping on the bottom when the wind blew. I don't even know how it was tied on. It was like under like on the back of his neck there I don't know what his deal was somehow it stayed on so he didn't get the fine but I did think it was odd that he didn't wear his little clipped onto his hat shield it was a weird look you know at first you're like whoa because you know you're used to seeing his whole his whole walrus face but whatever good to, good to see uh, I guess I didn't realize Wes Welker was part of the Chiefs coaching staff so good for him you know he had those crazy ass eyes on the side he had the McVeigh eyes for a minute, you know, he was kind of looking a little kooky, but good for him. I always kind of liked him, even though there was that issue where he was taking the steroids or something or whatever he was doing, or they caught him with ecstasy or some shit. I don't remember what it was, but I like it when the party boys make it into the, into the suit positions. Um, and then, you know, the Chiefs plan to destroy my fantasy team is, you know, still a go. You get you get 43 points you score, and, and the Cheetah gets one touchdown. I mean, you, you target him maybe three times. Like, come on, dude. You're killing me. You're fucking killing me. Um, Harrison Bucker, you know, big ups. His off-the-plane outfit was so fucking smooth. I knew he was going to have a good game. He got off the plane. They snapped that picture. I was like, yes, their outfit is fucking amazing. And then he had a big day, so good for him. You know, you, you dress for success, and I like it. Uh, Chargers over Jags. Okay, okay, Anthony Lynn, you know, your team's coming up. I, the Chargers kind of, they kind of got it going on, don't they? It's like you get rid you get rid of your heart and soul, Phillip Rivers, and then you actually play well. So they came to play, and I'm into it. Jesus Christ, Sunday Night Football, Cardinals over Seahawks. I mean, holy shit, what a fucking game. What a fucking game. You got to love it. Um, you got to love, as a DK Metcalf owner, that he just, you got zero points for him just gassing on Buddha Baker. Just gassing him and catches him. And Buddha's like, what the fuck? This guy just caught up to me. 
I mean, he went straight from the goal line all the way to catch him and saved them, saved their team a touchdown. In the end, you know, yeah, it mattered, but they still lost. But still, it's just a great game. I mean, you you want the Seahawks to pretty much play every Sunday night football game because, damn, do they just make – it's just good TV. You just get good TV out of them, and I like it. And uh, Kyler Murray seems to be doing well, and you got to love Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, how do you not love this dude? In the league forever, just like, oh, God, he's just such a good dude. Loves everybody, just plays the game well. That's that's really good sportsmanship, you know, for all the kids out there. You got to love that. All right, and uh, here we go. Let's get on to the motherfucking Bears. Okay, so, you know, five and two. They Here's what's up. Anytime I think about the Bears playing the Rams, I think about 2018 when McVeigh just gets on the stand and just no notes, just rattles off every fucking Bears defensive player, where they played in college, what their stats are, and he's making full eye contact with the press the whole time, like never wavers, just like da 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 And he does it in what, under a fucking minute? Like the dude just is insane. I mean, when you're playing a guy like that, you're going to have to make sure that you are tip top. You're going to have to make sure that, number one, your play calling against Aaron Donald is, you know, going to be something that is top notch. It's not just going to be running the ball onto his side, you know, onto where he is every single fucking time. Like, why are you going towards Donald every time? Why are you running towards him? You're not going to get through. Like, he is good. You... (laughs) I just don't, I never, I didn't understand the run calling there. I I don't like that um, there is no wavering from Nagy calling the plays. Look, I'm a Nagy guy, a a, a Nagy gal, okay? You know, like, I I like him. I like him as a head coach. I like what he's doing. But, you know, even McVay said that they started winning after he relinquished play calling. You know, I think as a coach, you really got to realize if the weakness is you, you need to, you need to relinquish that. You need to give up your a little bit of your power for the greater good of the team, and I think it really shows your guys that that's what's up. I mean, how many times are you going to put your defense back on the field after you just run into a fucking stone wall that is number 99? Come on, man. Come on. You know, uh, and I, I just I didn't understand that play call. I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, I didn't. I wasn't super into that. And then, you know, I went, I went off. I went off the last week about the the flags on Fuller, and they let Fuller play this time, and then they flagged Akeem Hicks for breathing, uh, taking a step, I don't know, fucking walking. They are just like, fuck this, this guy's huge. We'll just flag his ass every time he fucking moves. I, I'm not really, I, I didn't like it. And, and at one point, I, I guess you just, he was just laughing about it, and I guess you got to just laugh because you're like, fuck it. They're just going to flag me at every every step I take, every turn. You know, I, I don't like it. It's, it's, they were up his fucking ass. Up his ass. And I, I don't like it. That rough in the passer call was bullshit. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Um, I really, I really, you know, Bears D came in the end. They scored more points. They got that pick six. They scored more points um, than, than the offense did and I really feel like you gotta watch there, there's a, such a communication tempo situation there 
why were you calling timeouts when full you know that Foles likes to run a fast offense so why aren't you letting his experience take over and kind of just being like all right you know what just keep going keep running keep running why are you fucking with the tempo and then calling a timeout putting him back out there then he throws an interception then you call time it's like just let him fucking go let the tempo roll. It's like it's totally jagged and, and there's no smoothness to it. And I don't like that. I feel like if you're going to let the dude, if you're going to go with Foles, fucking sit behind him. You're, you're like, a, you're like a, somebody who's been cheated on a bunch and then you put all that shit on your new boyfriend. Like, no, no, no. It's not the same person. You're not getting the same, the same outcome here, okay? So let him do his thing. He's experienced. He's won a championship. I know it's insane to even think it, to bring that up as somebody who hates the Eagles so much. But, you know, he, he's got it. He's still got the fucking ring. So, you know what? Let him do what he's going to do and go with him. You're going to go with him, fucking stand behind him. And, and if you're going to continue to be the play caller, which he said adamantly that he is going to be, and that there's no change in play calling and there's no change in Nick Foles, which I don't know how you're going to, what you're going to do to change things without changing anything. It's an interesting concept and we'll see how it plays out against the fucking Saints because, you know, Kamara's going to, RD, I think it'll be good, good stop for Kamara, which, uh, you know, I'm a Bears fan first, a fantasy player second, and I have Kamara, and he puts up pretty good numbers. But, uh, you know, I'm always down for the Bears. If, if I lose because the Bears win, that's a win for me. So, but I just don't feel like you're going to win a game against uh, a coach like Sean Payton and against Breeze and Kamara, and uh, I just don't feel like you're going to win against them if you're going to be calling the same fucking plays that you did this time. Like, you're just running the ball. You're running and you're running and you're running and you're getting stopped. And then what do you do? You fucking run the ball. Like, it, that's. It, I just want to bash my head against the fucking wall. Like, I don't understand why you did that. And if, you, if you're going to keep calling the plays, Nagy, you know what? Then fucking call them. Call something different. Do a little jazz. A little razzle-dazzle, as they say. Like, do something different that is going to switch it up. Because I do, you know, and our own line is, you know, you, our own line isn't great. Lots of false starts, lots of movement, lots, lots of just, you know, rookie-ass, sloppy-ass shit. And, you know, that's got to be tightened up. But you, you got to stand behind your play. You got you to gotta realize who you're playing against, and you got to really do better. Just do better. Because I can fuck with five and two. We get to five and three, and people are, I mean, people are already up their fucking ass, and they're still five and two. But uh, there's going to be an issue there. And... I don't want to do it. I want to get a win against the Saints because anytime you can win against Sean Payton, it's probably a good day for you, you know? And, and I was really annoyed with those flags also. Um, I was really annoyed with, with how they did it because we had Vinovich uh, as the ref, and, and he's always really fair, and, and he's pretty good, and then you got all those flags, and then it was just totally one-sided. And I know, I know if you were watching the game, you're probably like, well, they did those things. Well, you know what? Fuck them. Yeah, you know what? Fuck them. Fuck you. And now give a shit. Thought we were gonna get a fair play. I don't like how they treated Hicks. It's it. it I, I wasn't feeling it. Um, in terms of like you know the broadcasters, you know you watch Joe Buck all week, then you get some fucking pros, and you're like, oh, this is how the game's supposed to be. You're actually getting people who know about football. You're getting uh, commentators who say things that aren't totally biased, you know, I, I, it was just refreshing and it was a nice cap to, to the week. And 
And even though they lost, I still, I still love them. I'm not going to burn my satin jacket just yet. Um, I did take it off and on about 37 times. I switched shirts, uh, put the bear's mask on and off. You know, I, I had a lot, a lot of different outfits I was rocking for that game to generate some, some momentum. I, I got to tell you, I'm not normally a, a gear person. I don't normally wear gear when I go out to the bar. I, I prefer to fuck with their minds and wear a little skirt with a bow in my hair and people think I don't know shit. And then when they start talking to me, then they're like, oh, look at that. I, I like to fuck with their minds a little like that. But since we're at home and watching the games at home, I've been rocking the gear lately. And I, uh, you know, it worked. It worked for a little bit. So we'll see how it does on Sunday. We'll see see how they how they play call against the Saints, and it should be a fun game to watch. It should be fun to see all those those guys from Louisiana come up here and freeze their fucking nuts off. Uh, welcome, boys. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I got today. Uh, I just want to, you know, uh, dedicate, this, dedicate this episode to Alice. Welcome, my dear. And, um, yeah, every week will get better. So this is MC Sports, and I'm MZ. Have a good week.